This is a podcast from Minute Media. I'm looking towards, uh, the, and again, just a sprinkle, um, the Rams defense. Jalen Ramsey, um, I think maybe there might be a pick six that could elevate him to a an MVP that would be good. I mean, he's making interceptions like crazy. Best cornerback, I think, in the league right now. Gentlemen, we made it. The Super Bowl is here. Our second to last episode for the season, which uh, I'm starting to get emotional. Uh, but hey, the Hall of Famer, your Rams made it all the way through Orlando. By the way, you, can, uh, you can't tell, but I'm going to peek behind the curtain here. Orlando is kicking it in Hawaii. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure why, but that's amazing. Nick's in L.A. And, uh, you know, I'm just slumming it here in Chicago. Orlando, let's start with you, 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 uh, you Hall of Famer. You, you're, you, are you getting nervous for your Rams? You know what? Not really, man. I'm, I'm more excited, man. I'm glad they, uh, they, 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 you know, obviously a couple weeks ago against the 49ers, it was a huge win. 49ers has probably won the last six games, and they play a physical-style offense. So really excited. They got over that hump. Uh, you know, obviously they're getting healthy. I think the key pieces throughout the season, bringing Odell Beckham in, uh, Von Miller, those additions are starting to pay dividends right now. So excited about it. Uh, Matthew Stafford, I think beating Tom Brady uh, gave him some extra confidence. Uh, you know, I, hopefully that carries on to the Super Bowl. So I like the matchup. Uh, you know, obviously my Rams against Knicks, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. I think it should be a, 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 a really good matchup for the Rams. I think they got enough up front. Uh, that offensive line who, who gave up nine sacks, they hadn't seen the likes of Aaron Donald. They don't play each other that often. So that's going to be a challenge. We're going to get into the game in a second here and a lot of news going on around the NFL. But literally nobody picked the Bengals to be here, Nick, and uh, the seven-time Pro Bowler. Uh, I'd love to hear what's going on in L.A., by the way. I know you had the double-double tonight. Congratulations on a great food choice, uh, although those things do tend to have re- repercussions. What Can you believe, seriously, the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl, Joe Burrow in his second season, pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, I love it. But first, uh, speaking about L.A., I needed to get something off my chest. Um, In-N-Out fries are terrible. I'm saying it here. They're terrible. Um, I get them every time. I don't like them. Um, and it, and I will say, I think I enjoy In-N-Out burger, but it's not the best burger I've ever had. And the only reason I get it is because I can't get it on the East Coast. So I'm putting that out there that you're, you can clip that and that's going to be our, our lead for this one. Um, I'm, I'm still on in and out, but they got, they got some things they got to work out. This, this now, I don't know if you guys know this about me uh, and, and this show is clearly not about me, but we did do the blind uh, uh, fast food chicken, a taste test. Uh, and and Popeyes did win that crown over a delicious Wendy's, an overrated Chick Fil A, and an atrocious KFC. But if you went blind taste test, fast food French fries, what do you think you would pick number one? Because that's you know that's that that's an interesting call that you just dog the In and Out fry. I'm wondering what would actually come out on top. Ooh, that's a tough uh, one. number one is McDonald's. Number two is Arby's curly fries. Number three is Wendy's. That's uh, the, I mean, anyone who questions that is wrong. 
Nick, you're absolutely right. I was going to say all three the same way, man. That, that you're absolutely because I think McDonald's brainwashed us from kids from from birth. We've always loved McDonald's fries and and Arby's. You 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 sleep on Arby's curly fries, man. I'm telling you, whenever I go to Arby's, they don't make them home. They don't make it home. I'm telling you, uh, those listen, fries are amazing. I, I appreciate the McDonald fry. I haven't had the Arby fry in, in 25 years, but I, I think you're not giving the Wendy fry enough credit. That is, that is a, like a borderline restaurant quality fry that Wendy's will kick out there. I mean, I, I appreciate the beauty of the McDonald's, but if you don't eat the McDonald's fry within three minutes of making, it turns into straight nasty. Whereas a <laughs> Wendy, that thing has some staying power. <laughs> I agree. I, I agree with that too. Uh, I don't think anyone thinks that they should um, have an extended period with any uh, fast food, um, but you really need to come back to the Arby's curly fry. That'll okay. that'll change your tune, Carm. It'll change okay. your tune. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, and by the way, Sorry, I we were steak. talking about football or something. I yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I I I went. Uh, and we'll get there. I mean, this show's already off the rails, so I'll just finish it up. But I had steak and shake. <laughs> Uh, the other uh, last Saturday after after a very tough tennis match loss that I know you guys care about uh, after Jersey Mike sub into a steak and shake for the double cheese, the fries at steak and shake strong. It was a it was a it was a it was I really enjoyed myself. All right. Uh, OK, let's go on the complete flip here uh, and let's let's actually get into uh, how the NFL can make themselves better. Brian Flores is suing the league. Uh, we now have two black head coaches with Lovey getting hired. Uh, there's a lot of guys that I would have picked over Lovey to get that job, but that's fine. Um, regardless, we don't have to go there. What, what's, what's, uh, Orlando, what, what, what was your reaction to, to Brian, um, you know, getting the text from Bill Belichick and then, uh, ultimately deciding, you know what, this is BS. I'm, 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 I'm going to sue the NFL and put any chance really that I'm ever going to have to coach again in serious, serious jeopardy. Yeah, I think my, my initial thought was it, it really wasn't a surprise. If you just look at the numbers um, and just see, you know, at the time it was one African-American coach and Mike Tomlin, uh, who's had success in this league. So, you know, there was something going on there. I think Bill Belichick, whether it was he says it's a mistake or whatever it might be, kind of exposed kind of what happens behind the scenes. And, and you know, for him to go in and, and our, for the Giants to go in and have that decision already made, and still kind of go through the interviewing process, it kind of, it, pro it sheds some light on, on the hiring practices. And, and the fact that we even need a Rooney rule is ridiculous in this day and age. So, uh, that, but you know, when you get a bunch, when you get 32 billionaires together, uh, it makes it very difficult for you to, to force them to hire a certain, you know, person. Um, you know, obviously they all want to win, but you know, obviously they're going to they're gonna control, you know, who they hire and fire. The, to me, like the, the Belichick thing is like, that's like down the line of the, the offensiveness of the whole thing. Cause I, I mean, I've had a lot of interviews in my life where I knew I wasn't getting the job and it's kind of the, you know, they're, they're giving you the interview. Um, but it's, it's more where the league is at. I mean, and Nick, how are you seeing this? Yeah. I mean, I, it's interesting. I, I think the Belichick texts are funny just that it, it seems so Belichickian that he would mix up who he's texting like, like, I don't know how he has his names and put it into his phone, but um, to, to mess that up seems kind of like a big deal. Um, and I, it, it's, it's tough because 
you know, you play on a team, and I think the statistics show that I believe the uh, NFL is 70, 70% African-American, um, and yet you still only have two African-American head coaches. Um, you know, just doesn't jive with with what you're looking at when you're looking at the, the coaching to the players. Um, and it, it's – I don't think the Rooney rule does – what it's supposed to do. I think it allows teams to give a cover to say, yes, listen, we, uh, we interviewed, you know, a minority candidate, but we're going with this guy anyways. Um, it, it just, it seems like, and there's so many position coaches and then coordinators who um, just never get the opportunity. And I don't know if that comes from the owners, from how the GMs go uh, or kind of that, good old boy network of coaches you know the coaches every time you talk to someone like oh i told this guy you know 10 years ago if i got a head coaching job he would be my offensive line coach and you know that trickles down so you know where that stems from how it goes it's it's kind of a big old mess that they have themselves which we've all known about for a long time um and you know i don't I don't know how you rectify it. I don't, you know, because obviously the Rooney rule has not worked to what you want. Um, I, I don't see, I don't see how you have the solution um, to fix the problem when you know you have a problem. Yeah. And, and then I know we always talk about having African-American offensive and defensive coordinators. And you can look at a couple uh, for example, Eric Bieniemy with the Kansas city chiefs who has his offense completely you know, you know, you know, in terms of play calling and what, it, you know, what they've done offensively the past few years for him not to have a head coaching job, you know, in the, for the past three years, the success he has, it really speaks volumes. Uh, even Tampa Bay, Byron Leftwich down there who, who, you know, won a championship with Tom Brady, African-American offensive coordinator, those guys can coach and they, and they won championships. And, and for some reason, uh, what I don't know, well, we know the reason. But uh, obviously, I'm glad. I'm glad Flores is is really he's really falling on the sword for for not only his career but for for the call. So that that's admirable by him. Do, do you guys believe? And I'm not I I'm not here calling Brian Flores uh, at, at least bit of a liar. So I, I'm going to say that it's got to be true. But it just seems incredible to me that an owner would be that brazen to be like, "Hey, lose games." and I'll give you $100,000 per loss. Like, that's just crazy to me that somebody would be feel like, hey, I can say this to this guy, and I'm going to ha not have any repercussions. That's nuts. I, 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 but I, I do, does that sound like something that would happen? You know what? Some of those, some, you know, there were slogans going around, tanking for Tua, like everybody's trying to get that next quarterback. So when you start looking at some games, you start looking – you know, there, 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 there could be some truth there. And, and obviously uh, with the Browns, they came out with you. Uh, you know, he came out and said something about the Browns were doing the same thing. So there could be some, some truth there. It's just unfortunate because you turn around a couple years later and you fire those same guys for not winning ball games. So those, you know, if those accusations are true, they should they shouldn't be allowed to be owners uh, anymore in this in, in the National Football League. And this show is sponsored by WinBet. Okay, like <laughs> you can't have that when literally the amount of money that's being gambled on the NFL that's not that's not going to be kept quiet, right? I mean, Nick, that's crazy. It, it is crazy, and I feel like there's I, I feel like Brian has to have just the 
supreme evidence of that happening to come forward with it because you know he said she said type thing isn't going to stand in court and it's going to make waves but it's not going to get anything done um so i assume that he has evidence of it and you know that lawsuit's going to go on unless he settles um and we'll find out but what i find crazy in the whole idea is you know the whole tanking when people talk about tanking and, and teams want to go through that um you know you look at like flores has to go through it they allegedly want to tank um and so they they do that they get there he ends up getting fired like we talked we talked about lovey smith who looks like he should belong in the castaway movie with that new beard i did not know he had that going so i appreciate that um like he took a texan job where the texans are not good and they don't have a quarterback and now he's taking you know a bad situation where he has no quarterback are they going to continue to tank to find someone new and he's just going to get fired in two years like this whole cycle of tanking to try to get to a quarterback but then starting over with new regime just doesn't seem to be working out with teams yeah i i i i get that we don't have any real solutions here but uh, orlando maybe i don't know if this sounds sounds right but i'm saying like look classes on unconscious bias you should all should have to sit in there and, and realize that it, and there's nothing wrong with it people have judgments of other people you're going to have that what you got to be able to is like oh that's uh, something that I was taught or learned or whatever. That's that, that, that I am now as a grown adult, I'm going to get past that and I'm going to hire the best guy for the job. And, and uh, to me, that's like, I don't know what else you can do here. Cause you can't force anybody to hire people. I, I think the one thing, and, I, and this is as outlandish as it sounds. I thought if the players want to stand up, you know, obviously I think the pro bowl would have been easier to sit out of. But owners don't pay attention to you start messing with their wallets, right? So, you know, obviously, if, if they were strong enough to say, hey, let's sit out of this Super Bowl, which, probably, which, which sounds completely outlandish, that affects the bottom line. Now somebody has to look at their hiring practices. Uh, they have to go into their organization to make sure everything's above board. Because if you think about it, if you're in a corporate America and you have these type of hiring practices, CEOs are fired, people are every, you know, it's to complete chaos. Uh, and we can just see that, you know, just during the Me Too movement in itself, but just hiring practices alone uh, with the ownership, NFL ownership, nobody vets those guys. Nobody goes into these organizations and say, hey, are you guys behaving according to, you know, what, what's correct in, in society? And, and nine times out of 10, they're not. And, you know, obviously, and, and Roger Goodell gets a lot of heat, but people fail to realize he works for the owners. So he, He'll, he'll take all the bullets and whatever comes along, but they tell him what to do. He doesn't tell the owners what to do. Well, you're underlining the courage of Brian Flores because I'm willing to give up money. Um, yeah. Coaching and career. Coaching yeah. career. Same thing with Cap, where, yeah. like, if, you know, you're – that dude, everyone – no one was saying he was a top-10 quarterback, but he was quarterback 24 to 33. You're in the league. Um, and, and, uh, and, and some guys stood up for him, but it wasn't, you know, across. And I mean, I, I, um, you know, I interviewed Craig Hodges who was in the NBA and he got uh, in his mind, he was blackballed after, uh, going to the white house and he got, he tried to get magic and Michael to boycott the 91 finals. There's so much, you know, people, they love playing the sport and they love the money they're making. 
it's hard, you know, to, to, to build that, but I, I hear what you're saying. Um, and I will shout out my guy, Nick Wright, who uh, does great work over at Fox sports one. He said like, look, imagine the NHL and half the coaches are black compared to, you know, it's kind yeah. of the same thing. Like you've, you got, you know, 97% of the league is white. And I, I just, so I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know where we're going from here, but uh, at any rate, I appreciate you guys having the conversation. Um, let's get, let's get to the game here. And specifically, uh, Nick, let's start with our guy, Matt Stafford chance to win the whole thing here. If Stafford pulls this off, leaving Detroit and, 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 and bringing the Rams to a Super Bowl, is he, uh, is he all of a sudden the guy that, uh, should be considered for the hall of fame? I mean, how, how high is up for Matt Stafford if they wins this football game? I mean, <laughs> Lando, Lando. <laughs> you know. it's, yeah. I would say he's definitely not if he wins a Super Bowl, he's still not a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think he would probably get in at some point um, because there's only 50 there will only be 56 Super Bowl winners at that point, you know, with Tom having six of them. So you're dropping the number and number keeps getting smaller. So I think he would still be put in that list, but um, he would fall into um, he, he wouldn't fall into, he'd fall below the Aaron Rodgers category where Aaron only has one. He has much better stats. Um, and so, you know, when you're talking hall of fame, where does that stand? Yes. He toiled in Detroit, but maybe if he was better, he would have elevated that team further. So I, I think it does. I think he, if he gets the win here, he will be a hall of famer. Um, but I think it's going to take some time before you answer Orlando. Let me just give you some stats here. Stafford ranks top 12 among NFL quarterbacks all time in completions. He's 11th, 4,302 passing yards. Now granted the year up, he's 12th, 49,995 passing yards per game. Fourth all time, 274.7. Now also playing on a bad Detroit team. So he's throwing the ball all the time, but and the era, but put it all in there. Touchdown passes, 12th, 323. And maybe his most impressive stat, game-winning drives. He's seventh, seventh with 42. Oh. That's, that's, you know, that you, you, you kind of sleep on him, right? Uh, yeah, you don't even think about it. You know he has a ton of uh, passing yards just because Detroit was always behind for the past seven, six or seven years. So he's, he's been racking up passing yards. I didn't realize he was so close to being top 10 and he still has a lot of years of good football left in him. So if he wins this super super bowl, it kind of wipes away all that Detroit. He can blame everything on bad coaching organization, everything. But I think he does get in the hall of fame, uh, depending on how he wins. If he's, if he's 400 yards and no interceptions and two touchdowns and, you know, obviously he'll be the savior in LA. They'll love him for life. And with that big media market, they'll give him a push and get him into the hall of fame ultimately. But, uh, you know, but obviously – oh, go ahead, Nick. He did – that. those numbers are inflated because he had Megatron who got in first ballot Hall of Fame as his receiver for, what, eight years, nine years? Like, that's yeah. – I mean, I could throw to Megatron. <laughs> hey, man, I'm telling you, Nick, when they do the voting, they're, they're going to look at his stats. They're going to remember the Super Bowl if he wins it. And they're going to be like, hey, let's put him in. He's been – and then – what he does from here on out, if he does win a Super Bowl, will help propel him into, you know, obviously the Hall of Fame stature. 
So to your point, yeah, I think he does get in if he wins a Super Bowl because his argument will be, well, look at my yardage, look at my completions. Aaron, to your point, Aaron only won one Super Bowl. Hey, we're in the same, we're in the same, you know, category basically. Well, if you if you want to do Aaron, and, and this is going to be two numbers here, but Stafford four thousand three hundred two passes completed. Rogers forty six fifty one. Rogers played longer now. Uh, yards. Rogers has it by about six thousand. Um, forty nine ninety five to fifty five three sixty. But twelfth and tenth uh, per game. Stafford's got him. Uh, touchdown passes. He's twelfth. Rogers is fifth. Game winning drives. Rogers is twenty seventh. Stafford is seventh. Um, if he wins it, he's got as many Super Bowls as Aaron. But the thing is that he has never been looked at like that's the best quarterback going right now. Like he's never had that type of juice. So yeah, I mean, how many? Yeah, how many MVPs has Stafford won? There you go. So you're racking up numbers, but no one along the course of the career so far has said, hey, listen, you know, this guy's winning games for his team. Yeah. All right. What about Burrow? Second year in the league. Where are you going to put him uh, with 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 the young quarterbacks if, if Joe Burrow pull, pulls this off? By the way, I think we're putting too much emphasis on one game. Uh, we've had these conversations before. But, let, but Allen, Mahomes – uh, I mean, is Joe, does Joe vault himself into the, into the top three above Lamar, above Herbert, above Kyler Murray? Uh, would you even put him above Josh Allen, who was absolutely positively insane, uh, insanely good in, in the loss to Kansas City, Orlando? I mean, but the Burroughs got something about him that's that's super impressive. You know what? Uh, to go in Arrowhead and, and beat Patrick Mahomes and, and the Kansas City Chiefs was was phenomenal. I know that defense. Uh, did a great job in that second half. You have to put him up right behind Mahomes. I think you're, he's higher than Josh Allen to me personally, just because he's so cool and, and collective. And he doesn't have as many weapons, I think, as Josh Allen has. And, you know, obviously Herbert can't even get in the playoffs. So, you know, when you look at him, I think he's, he, I think he's you know, Mahomes is one. He's 1A uh, in terms of young quarterback. I can't wait for the next couple of years to watch him play, see how he develops. Because uh, he's a tough kid, he stands in the pocket, takes a ton of, a ton of hits, and and still wins ball games. So you got to give him credit for that. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I, you look at these young quarterbacks. If if Joe Burrow gets the win, um, I think it immediately propels him past everybody, um, up to Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick is still ahead of him, um, but it, you're looking now. He doesn't have the theatrics of Patrick, but you're looking at 1A and maybe 1B. Um, if he doesn't win, he gets tossed into that Lamar, Josh Allen, um, uh, let's see, Herbert's in there of quarterbacks that are fantastic and do and play really well, but they haven't gotten over the hump. So um, I, I think the win would definitely establish him as the clear number 1B or 2. Um, and, and then if he doesn't win, I think he's had an amazing accomplishment in year two coming off injury. Like, so I, I think he probably has comeback player of the year coming down the pike because everyone kind of forgets that he, you know, ended the season on IR. Um, and he's playing fantastic, got his team in the Super Bowl. 
So he, but he's back in that mix. If he doesn't win the Super Bowl, he gets into that crowded field of these are amazing young quarterbacks, but we still don't know their end potential. Nick, like you were ranking the fries before, give me, give me your ranking here. Give me top five: Mahomes, Burrow, Jackson, Herbert, Murray, Allen. I'll throw Elvin throw Dak Prescott in there. Are we? Yeah, um, all right, so it's Mahomes, and then um, for the sake of argument, we haven't played the game yet, so I'm going to go uh, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, um, Murray, Herbert, Jackson. Yep, that's my order. Ooh, ooh. ooh. You see? Um, you left Dak out, but I'm just gonna put him somewhere. <laughs> he's too old. He does. He doesn't yeah, yeah, get thrown yeah. into the Fair young enough. kid. He's only he, 28, but that's fine. We'll just leave him out. Okay, top five. Top five, Orlando. Is this all upcoming quarterbacks? We're not. We're not doing Aaron Rodgers. We're doing whatever. Yep, all upcoming. All right, gotcha. I'm going. Obviously, Mahomes. Um, and I'll, I'll reserve the right on Joe Burrow. If he wins, he he catapults over over Josh Allen. Uh, I like I like Kyler at number three, Lamar, uh, you know, and, and then uh, you know Herbert. Dak is probably down at the, you know, I, he's not even upcoming. We kind of know what he is, but I, I really like what those young quarterbacks are going to be in the future. So excited to see them. Oh, we didn't say Mac Jones. Is Mac Jones, uh, you know, is he, is we, he a guy that's in there? In, in, a, in a in a very uh, smoke filled production meeting, we debated Mac Jones, but we we did we left him <laughs> off. <laughs> no, no, I like that. So so mine would be Pat Mahomes, obviously, uh, Josh Allen. Uh, who did I say? Kyler Murray? Uh, no, Burrow. You uh, go Burrow Kyler. three, then Murray. Okay. Yeah, Murray, and then Jackson. Yep. Okay. All right. A lot of, lot of talent, a lot, a lot of talent. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a little look at winbet.com and, uh, who wins Super Bowl MVP. You know, obviously the quarterbacks are at the top of the list here. Um, and then you go down the list and Cooper cup is plus 600 burrow is at, uh, plus two ten, and Matthew Stafford is plus one fifteen. You can go off the board and be creative here. Super Bowl MVP prediction. Uh, Nick, why don't you go for this one? All right. So this isn't I'm I'm going um I'm going out of the box here, and it goes against how I'm leaning for this game. So it's even more out of the box, but it deserves a little sprinkle um because I think it could be an, an opportunity. Um if this game goes not the way that I'm thinking it will. And the the Rams win, and it's a tough contested ball game where the Bengals defense shows up, uh, the Rams defense show up, low scoring, no one's really playing that great on offense. I'm looking towards uh, the and again just a sprinkle, um, the Rams defense, Jalen Ramsey. Um, I think maybe there might be a pick six that could elevate him to a an MVP that would be good. I mean, he's making interceptions like crazy. Best cornerback, I think, in the league right now. He's sitting at plus, uh, as of now, plus 10,000. Um, that could be – it's not what I want to happen. It's not what I think is going to happen. But it could be a little something that you think, hey, 
maybe I, I just I put it on there and see what happens. Oh, they're going to throw at him. He's, he's going to be covering Chase, so he's going to have his opportunities. That's for sure. I, I, I like it. What, what do you got, Orlando? You know what? Uh, you know, for me, first of all, I think Larry Brown, was he the last cornerback to, 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 uh, to win the Super Bowl MVP? Or is that, you know, Jalen Ramsey's a great choice. I was, I was looking at Jalen Ramsey, and they're, 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 you know, obviously the odds there. Uh, but for me, I think this guy's going to absolutely wreck this game. Uh, and I know it's an easy call, Aaron Donald. If you're thinking, oh, if I'm thinking outside of the box, you know, obviously every quarterback's going to win it. Either Stafford or Burrow's going to win it for more, more times than not. But if you're thinking outside the box, I think Aaron Donald's just going to wreck this game. Two sacks, uh, you know, maybe a, a cause fumble or something like that. So I think, uh, you know, you know, if I'm, if I'm a betting man, I, I like the odds with Aaron Donald. Plus 1600 if you put it on Donald. So he's, he's, he's getting some juice right now. Uh, by the way, off the board, uh, Ben Skoranek, former Northwestern Wildcat, did transfer Notre Dame, which hurt my heart, but plus 30,000. Let's go, Skoranek. Have a, have, have a day, baby. <laughs> Bring it for the cats. Uh, all right. You, you named a sleeper pick to win your Super Bowl MVP. You have another one, Nick? This one to me, um, because of the odds, stood out to me. Um, and I, I'm going against the favorite. I'm taking um, the team to have a first sack will be the Bengals. I believe it's plus 200. Um, everyone is banking on Von Miller and Aaron Donald to cause havoc and everything. Uh, but Matthew Stafford can get sacked as well. So I'm, I kind of like the, the odds that I'm getting for the Bengals to get the first sack. let's talk about the home factor of this what what do you think orlando playing at home does this does this matter you get to sleep in your bed all week and i mean i'm ticket prices for the game are through the roof so i'm assuming the rams are gonna have the i guess you know it's the place to be out in la so they're gonna get some pseudo fans in there they're gonna put on the colors and scream here does this matter uh you know what it it, it really i think it i think people look at it as an advantage i played in the super bowl and i could not wait to get to the destination where I was at, because there's so much that's happening. Families coming in town. You don't want family at your house. And I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's an advantage or disadvantage. I did have a conversation with somebody the other day. And if I was the Cincinnati Bengals, because the Rams are the visiting team, I would completely screw them up and put them in a the visitor's locker room. And, and for players, Nick, as you, as you know, being at home field, you know, you get the hot tubs you want. The home locker room is so much better than the visiting hot locker room. I would completely switch it up on the Rams and make them go in the visitor locker room just to shake them up a little bit. But I know Zach Taylor and, you know, obviously Sean McVay are good friends. Probably won't happen, but, you know, I'll probably do, do, do the same. But I think the home field advantage isn't really an advantage because there's so many different people uh, at the game. The Rams will have some, uh, you know, a large contingency there along with Cincinnati, but there's so many corporate corporations, just NFL fans in general, that's going to be at the game. You know, it's more of a spectacle entertainment deal. So there's not a real advantage of playing at home other than, you know, sleeping in your own bed, which could be a disadvantage. That's a good point. Like you get family in all the time. And and so being at home, um, I would be intrigued and I haven't looked to see if they have taken the team and moved into a hotel. So that way they didn't have to deal with the, uh, family issues, you know, people staying in houses. Uh, I'm also intrigued about how they picked the locker room. 
Uh, I didn't realize the Rams were technically the away team for the Super Bowl. Um, so that would mess. I mean, I know it would mess me up. Like if I was going into MetLife Stadium and I was using a different locker room, um, which I think happened once when we were playing the Giants in a preseason game. Um, or no, we had we always had our own locker room. Um, it was I've seen the visitor locker room. It's very weird. And so to go into a visitor locker room in your own stadium, I think would be definitely off-putting. Um, but as far as like the crowd goes, it, we know LA has not had a great home crowd. Uh, the way that they were, you know, trying to tell people not to sell their tickets to the 49ers fans, um, having to spell that out shouldn't be a necessity. So I, I don't think the home thing, I mean, we all saw the photo of Rob Lowe. I think it was like three or four years ago where he was watching the Super Bowl and he had a hat that just had the NFL shield on it. Like, all right, you know, you just, you're a fan of, of the NFL, like, you know, indifferent. Um, so I, I think it's going to be the same. It's just going to be, you know, how both teams handle the excitement of the game. I think that's the big one. And obviously I've, I've never played in one, but I, I got to assume that, you know, you're going into the game. There's such buildup. Everyone knows like how big this game is. Can you manage that? I'm looking at these ticket prices. I mean, you you could sit in the lower level for for nine thousand seven hundred dollars. That's your best that's your best value down there. But they are selling these lower level VIPs thirty eight thousand dollars, forty six thousand five sixty. Somebody in one twelve down there is trying to sell. And the cheapest seats are upper corner right now is $3,347. You guys got tickets and you were not allowed to sell them, but you all sold them. Can, can I get a story on how that, how that, how that works? Cause I know you have to sign something that says, I won't sell these. And then you guys go straight out and sell them. It's like this, this, this thing that you get, it's a benefit of being an NFL player, right? Oh, I don't know what you're talking what's about. The, yeah, what's the statute of limitations here, man? You know, <laughs> I don't know nothing about nothing. I just, hey, I just gave mine away face value. That was it. Nothing, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing. I mean, okay. Okay. I think you're, I think the statute of limitations is well past. And, uh, Carm, I'll, I'll talk to you in like at least 10 years, maybe 15. Hold on. I'm still getting tickets from the Rams, so I can't say a word, man. You know. But did, you didn't still you use tickets? I don't get tickets. Didn't it used to be though that they would give you like you they would give you the seats um like at the facility but I think now you have to go to the venue to get them uh they're trying to curtail what what's been going on so now you got to go out to LA in this case get the seats and then okay now you go sell these for me on StubHub or whatever you hey, whatever hey, guys are doing Hey don't believe that though cuz the owners and the people in the front office of every team they hold back some tickets and they're selling them to corporations oh. at a a ridiculous dollar. So don't let the rules fool you on that. Let me just say that much. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of tickets to be had out there. Oh, we we know that 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 the billionaires are becoming even bigger billionaires. I I don't I don't doubt that for even a tenth of a second. All right. Uh. What I love was the uh, you know before they went to the uh, you have to go to the venue to pick them up. And it was just this table sitting there and you know they would just be giving your two tickets you just go up you sign uh they give you tickets there would be guys there ready to go uh give me your tickets 
give me your tickets. Give, give me your tickets. Full of money. <laughs> and yeah, and they would always be the veteran guys coming down to the younger guys. Like, hey, give me your tickets. There's something in your locker for you. And then you just go along your way. And it, it was, I mean, it was so, it was so beautifully blatant that like, you're like, ah, well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> right. That, that's what it was. Dude, dudes bring cash to the locker room. Like, and appreciate you. And then from there, who? okay. It's, it's business. A little, come on. This is the, the benefits. All right. Uh, let, let's, let's, let's move it along here. Um, you know, and Nick, you mentioned it, uh, like, you know, whatever. I mean, you played in enormous, uh, AFC championship games. Uh, is there a huge difference in, in preparing for the Super Bowl? Like how different is Super Bowl week that, than a regular week? What would you, what would well, you I know you got to take this one. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take this. I think the biggest thing is just, um, the media availability and those distractions where you get, you know, media days, one thing you get people from all over the country asking you like different types of questions. Everything's kind of heightened national media from everywhere around the world. So that's the main thing um, to get that out of the way, get family requests, tickets, all that, that that's what makes this game so different. There's so many other distractions during the course of a week where preparation almost seems like it's on the back burner and you're kind of exhausted just going through all that that, uh, you know, those distractions in terms of media requests and ticket requests and all those things that happens. But, you know, obviously at some point you got to hone down and really pay attention to details in the Super Bowl um, and don't let the moment get any bigger than it is. You realize you're in the Super Bowl, but it, once you, once you, you know, get on that field, it's just a, you know, a normal football game and you have to play it that way. So. Yeah. Uh, and not the Super Bowl, Nick, but like just, just even leaving the AFC championship game was Rex like, Hey, this is regular week or I mean, how foot fetish and everything else. Let, let's uh, I mean, how did he handle it? No, I think, I think Orlando hit the nail on the head. Like when you start the playoffs and the two runs that I had, you had to start, we started in the wild card round. Um, you see, you know, you go through 16 games and you see your regular media people that are there, you know, every practice and you're kind of used to the beat and everything. Um, and then once you hit the playoff, all of a sudden, each game you take, more and more people start showing up. And by the time we hit the AFC Championship game, we were practicing indoors uh, at the facility, and the whole field was lined with media. When usually you only have you know ten to fifteen people there, uh, now you have hundred and twenty people there. And so it's it's amazing how much more everything just everyone gets more scrutinized. There's more media, there's more cameras, there's more requests. Um, and so it's just, it's kind of handling all that as you go through it. Do, do you guys watch the Super Bowl if they're not playing in the Super Bowl or is it like too painful? I didn't make it. Don't care. Not rooting for either of these teams. I'm, I'm going on vacation. Yeah. You know what? It depends on the matchup or if you got friends on the team or whatever it might be. It has to be a good matchup of two good teams that you feel comfortable. You don't mind watching. Uh, but, you know, obviously, you're, if you're not at the game, you're probably at some Super Bowl party, paying attention, not really paying attention, having a good time anyway, enjoying the festivities, not really glued to the TV like you would a normal Sunday. But, you know, you, you, you take a, you take a, you know, you want to see different, different plays or big, big plays or whatever. But I was, I was never really in tune to the game. I'm always trying to have a good time enjoy the Super Bowl festivities. 
Yeah, um, I had the good fortune, uh, good fortune, bad fortune. Uh, we lost the AFC Championship game to the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2011, um, and my son was born on Super Bowl Sunday, 2011, uh, where the Steelers were playing the Packers. Uh, my roommate from college was playing for the Packers, so I was obviously I hated Pittsburgh, and I was rooting for him. Um, so I sat there with my, you know, at the time he was, you know, six hours old son. And we watched the Super Bowl. Um, so that became our tradition. And so we watched Super Bowl, you know, every, every year I make sure I'm home, make sure that we're watching it together. Um, so I don't, I don't think I really pay that much attention to it, especially, you know, as he's been growing up, like we're usually, we would be playing dinosaurs or cars or something while the game was going on. Um, but now that he's more in tune to it, um, I think I watch it a little bit more closely because he's asking questions. So uh, it's just it's one of those things. And it, was, it wasn't that hard for me to watch a Super Bowl after the end of the year not being there because I knew it was that day was our day together. Love it. Um, I can't wait to get to the picks here and, and playoff Orlando, by the way, is did, did not come strong last week, uh, but oh, it was, it was, it was <laughs> oh, a rough for, but I, I, I have uh, a theory that I want to throw out here. No one's saying this. I, or, uh, very few, uh, look, Tom Brady can still play football. And when you're an elite person at something, it is hard to not do things that you're elite at, even if you're 44 years old. And I get that he's got family obligations and whatnot, whatnot. I think that we haven't seen the last of him on a football field. Uh, I think that he's going to be a pain in the ass at home. Giselle's going to look at him like, great. You, you did this for me and the family, but now you're annoying and you're throwing footballs into the couch or whatever he's going to be doing. So I, I, I and listen, he was, uh, he's, he's going to be in the top five MVP voter this year. So my theory is that Brady's not done, but does everybody else here, uh, Nick, let's start with you. Do, do you think Brady is actually done playing football? Um, I'm going to say yes for his legacy. You say he's going out on, you know, he's top five probably in the MVP voting. Um, he didn't obviously win the Super Bowl this year, but he did just win one before. Um, I think he's got to look at the Brett Favre and the way that he handled it and the way that, you know, it, it never really turned out great for him um, doing the retiring, unretiring, uh, getting traded, you know, going around. Uh, so I, I would like to believe that he's going to see that and be like, listen, I don't want that as the end of my legacy. I want to say, Hey, listen, I went, uh, I, I won all these championships in new England. I went to another team. I won a championship there showed that it was me, not bill. And I'm out. Yeah, I think he's done also. I think when you look at as, as a professional player, once you make that call and say, hey, I'm retired, like your mind completely goes somewhere else, I think. I think you're just, you, you've come to grips with it when you make that announcement. And then, you know, obviously, if he if he takes a year off or a few months off, you know, at 44, that's different to bounce back if he ever thought about coming back. But, you know, because you, you it's a regiment every every year. And I'm sure he'll get that itch at some point to think he can still play or still go out and play. But, you know, obviously the father time catches up with us all. And, and he's been fortunate enough for a number of years to still play at a high level and still get it done 
But at some point, you know, he's going to hit that cliff and he's going to fall off a little bit. And then what team could he possibly go to? Because Tampa Bay wouldn't look the same. And what other team would bring him in? A 44-year-old, you know, 45-year-old uh, aging quarterback. You know, obviously, although he's the GOAT, it still would be difficult for even Tom Brady. All right, just save the tape. Save the tape. I want it. On, I want this archived. Hey, hey, Mark, are you are you a Tom Brady fan though? For some reason, because I think no. you don't want to see him go. You don't no. want to see him go. No, 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 I'm I'm not. But like I, I in fact, like I I listen. Deflate Gate to to me is I I I don't think gets enough mention. Like dude, dude. Uh, you know, bent the rules. Damn it! Uh, does he really get goat? Does he goat get goat? Uh, shouldn't that be at least a knock on the goat status? And I, I just, as far as like players that I enjoyed watching play football at the quarterback position, yes, he was the greatest winner and 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 got the most out of his talent and all that stuff. But there's like a zillion guys that I would rather watch play the position than him. Um, so whatever that's worth. But I also think like when you're really good at something and you didn't, and you clearly still want to be playing, but you're doing it for other things. Like, I don't, I, I, th- I think, I think he's, I mean, I'm not like, listen, when we get off this zoom, I'm going to go eat some Talenti and crush some ice cream and have some chips. This dude, I'm thinking he's probably laying in bed right now thinking about, I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to do Pilates and then I'm going to eat kale. Like, I don't think you can get it out of him. I think he's going to, you know, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. All right, let's make some money here. Uh, winbet.com for all your gambling needs. Orlando, of course, as we might have slipped in there, 0-4 last week, but still 500 on the year, 31-31. and 31. Nick, just just been crushing it. 3-1 and one last week, now 36-24-1. If you've been listening to Nick Mangold on Big Man Bets, you've been making dough. You had the Bengals last week, Nick. You had the Niners. You had the under um, as, as well. Uh, 46 and a half coming through at, th- at 37 in the, in the San Francisco went. Uh, so yeah, that, uh, that, that's, that's, that's a good job with uh, the Niners covering and, and the numbers staying low, but all right, uh, let's, let's go to our, our picks this week here, Super Bowl. Uh, so that Nick, you're up first here. Who are you taking? Let's go four points. Four points. Uh, I got to ride with them. Um, I'm a hometown hero. I love it. I love Ohio. Um, going with Ohio's son, Joe Burrow. He's bringing the championship home to the Bengals. I'm taking them plus four. Give it to me every way, uh, all the way up to Sunday. <laughs> I like the Ohio reference there, Nick. I'm an Ohio guy, too. I love Ohio, but I'm going with the LA Rams to, to, to beat the, uh, the, you know, obviously the Cincinnati Bengals. I just think, and we mentioned it a little earlier, Jalen Ramsey or Jamar Chase, I think he'll do a great job of locking him down a little bit, at least containing him. And then Aaron Donald, Von Miller, this, this is their time to shine. They'll put pressure on Joe Burrow, and it will be too much for the Cincinnati Bengals. The total on this game, Orlando, is 48 and a half. How are you seeing that one? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's going to be over. I'm going over with 48 and a half. I think uh, it'll be somewhat of a shootout. I think I think Cincinnati will put up some points. Obviously, the Rams will put up uh, just a few more, but I think it'll be over 48 and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nick, uh, for me to win this bet, um, the Rams defense cannot play well. 
Um, so I got to take the over. If I want Cincinnati to win, the over has to happen. If you want Cincinnati to win, the over has to happen. That's that's how I'm betting it for the record. I got the Bengals and I got the over. Not that I get to play in this part of the show, but that's what I'm doing. Uh, 27-24, damn it. Let's go. All right. Prop bets. I don't know if you've looked at this, Orlando. And Have, have you gone deep on, on, on it, Nick? You got any favorite props? I'm sticking with my uh, first sack, Cincinnati Bengals. I like it. Uh, I'm going with it. It's going to be a fun one. It'll be over in the first two series, um, and you can get back back into it, uh, live betting different props. I haven't researched the prop bet too much, probably spending too much time on the beach here in in Hawaii, but uh, I'm going to stick with Aaron Donald. I think Aaron Donald wins the Super Bowl MVP. Ooh. Andrew. Gentlemen, we've got one more show uh, before we wrap up our first ever season. It's been a ton of fun, and uh, for the record, we did a little late-night recording tonight for everybody out there in Big Man Bets world, so this has been our our first late-night Big Man Bets. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Everybody have a great, great time on Sunday. Uh, If you are, uh, you know, doing what people do on the Super Bowl, don't don't, don't go on the roads afterwards. Uh, Enjoy yourself. And and crush some crush some wings and everything else. Uh, do we have a favorite food on, on Super Bowl Sunday? Is there is there a must eat for either of you? I'm a wing guy, so wings are always good for game time. That's me. Nick, I'm a chili chili guy. Got to have chili. <laughs> Can't go wrong with either of those. All right, thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Big man bets for all your gambling needs. Win bet w y n n b e t dot com. Happy Super Bowl!